Hey there, and welcome to the Element of Betrayal podcast. Grab a drink, settle into your favorite chair, and relax. Unless you're like me and you like to cook and clean while you listen. Either way, I hope you enjoy the show. Every like, share, and comment that you throw my way is like a high five from the internet gods, and it's like giving me a turbo boost to reach even more awesome people just like you. Thanks for being here, and let's get started. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have started this podcast solo. I don't have anybody editing but myself. So I'm going to try my best to make these sound as professional as possible without actually having professional help. So I hope that you will journey with me while the quality gets better. As we get bigger and I have more outlets and I know we're going to get some help, then the quality may go up. But hopefully uh, the equipment that I've had streaming will help make this sound as good as possible. On our podcast, we talk about tough subjects that can help you let go of bad teaching. We'll give you the knowledge and tools to bring more love and passion into your marriage. And we just talk about things that I'm passionate about. Uh, The world is changing. I don't know if you guys have seen, but um, women have been getting more recognition for the hard work. Uh, Not that we have never gotten that, but I feel like in the church, it's been less so. And so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Don't forget to like, follow, if you want the latest updates and the captivating content that I hope to be bringing you. Um, I'm excited to embark on this journey with you guys. And again, I'm new to podcasting, so I think you can follow the podcast. Pretty sure there's a follow button somewhere. Oh Lord, if you're listening to this and you're like, this girl needs some help, please reach out. Um, Because every single like, share, comment that you throw my way is like a high five from the internet gods and the algorithms. So it's giving me like a turbo boost to reach even more awesome people just like you. So I really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. My name's Charlene. I am the creator of Biblical Healthy Strong, and I have actually been asked a few times if I have a podcast, so I decided I would just uh, wing it. So here we are. First thing we're going to look out today is I'm just going to read one of my most popular blogs, and then I would love to get your input. We'll look at topics that are really difficult, things that are shifting in the church, things that are shifting in our culture, and just giving women the power to be who they're called to be as godly women. Uh, We're all created equally in the image of God, and Christ set us free to be disciple makers and to prophesy and preach and teach, and sometimes those things get confused with roles. So we are going to try to deconstruct those lies, give you back some authority in your own life and in your marriage, and it will actually make your marriage stronger. Uh, My husband and I are a great example of that, and he will be on the the podcast, the blog. Uh, I am very active on Facebook, so if you guys want to join me over there at Biblical Healthy Strong, I have a page. I have a group that's for women only, and uh, but the page is for everyone. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. So the very first blog that I'm going to read is one of my more popular ones. It's called Why Praying Harder Isn't Always the Answer. Now, the reason why I decided to write this blog was as my husband and I struggled through his porn addiction and his affair, I was encouraged to pray more. And I'd also read the book Power of a Praying Wife and many other. Pretty much all of the books that you could read on Christian marriage and marriage in general, I've read because I was so hungry for what was wrong in my marriage and how to fix it that instead of going to the Bible, (laughs) I would read popular marriage books and they did so much damage. And one of the biggest things was the prayer. The Bible does talk about praying and you'll receive. But what people fail to remember about those is it says if you pray and it's God's will, then it will be given to you. And if it's not God's will, then it's not going to happen. So let's jump on in. Why praying harder isn't always the answer. A lot of Christian advice for troubled marriages is just to pray about it. Don't do anything drastic, just pray. That's not a safe message for those in a destructive marriage. 
and it isn't theologically sound. God does not override free will. So if someone doesn't want to change, they won't. This was one of the hardest things I had to learn. No matter how hard I tried, yelled, prayed, or cried, it wouldn't change the other person. They had to want to change, and it was so hard waiting to see if they would. What people married to difficult spouses need to be taught is what constitutes abuse and how can you draw boundaries. They need someone to come alongside them and hold them accountable and give them a safe place to work through whatever may be going on. Instead, many books and resources tell people to just keep trying harder, which is how people end up staying in abusive marriages. But even if marriage isn't abusive, people reading and hearing those things are more likely to think the answer is for me to try harder pray more and become smaller rather than the answer is we need to see a counselor and I need to draw firm boundary and we need to confront the very real issues in our marriage. Is prayer important? Yes, absolutely. Is it the only option though when your marriage is in a hard storm of life? Yeah, it could be. But is prayer the only answer for the problems we face on the earth? Now, prayer should be paired with action that leads to God and righteousness. God doesn't want to see you endure abuse just to remain godly and to be a good Christian. Many people stuck in an unhealthy relationship don't even realize how bad it is until they're out. Since we aren't always able to see the abuse from the outside, we must be careful with our words and our advice that we give. So that was published on May 9th. It's on the blog if you'd like to read it or comment or share it. Um, and then I also at the bottom put a link to the National Domestics Violence Hotline. It was just everything in there is pretty much what I'd, I'd heard. It, people would hear, and these, these answers also came from people that knew my husband was addicted to porn. And one of their first questions were, how was your sex life? Well, it sucks because he's addicted to porn. But their answer was maybe you should be more submissive, let him assert his authority, because how can he be more authoritative? That's not a word, is it? Um, how can he be in authority if you don't give him that authority? Well, in my belief, if you are inherently made to have authority, you shouldn't have to be given it. It should just be something that you do. My husband was never taught that. He was taught pretty much that you were given those things. So we both grew up in that culture. Uh, women are smaller, men are bigger. Women are just, you know, stay home with the kids. Men are out there fighting the good fight. Um, it just made me feel small because I've always had uh, what people would call a rebellious spirit. <laughs> it's not rebellion. It's I like to question everything, including why do I believe in Christ? I grew up in church. I grew up hearing this. So I want to make sure I know why I believe that Christ is my savior and why he died for my sins. And do I believe that? Do I believe he was raised from the grave and that he ascended to heaven and that he was fully God, fully man? Do I believe those things or do I just hear them? Those are things a lot of people don't think of. They're like, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. Well, what makes you a Christian? Well, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Well, that doesn't make you Christian. I mean, the demons believe in God. So it's just one of those things that I like to question to make sure I know I know what I know. So I encourage you to just look into what you believe and why you believe it. Is it are you believing it because you were told it or does the Bible tell you it? Um, and even if the Bible tells you, are you reading it in the right context? It's kind of like the Jeremiah 29, 11, before I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you and bring, you know, oh gosh. I should know this by heart. Almost got it. Um, I'm on the spot. So the days of your life. <laughs> I'm missing a big chunk in there, aren't I? Anyways, so that's that's what it is. Like they see that, but they don't see the like entire paragraphs before that, one through ten, where they're exiled and they're living with nothing and 
So the plans that he has for them, obviously, is to lift them up. They're his people, um, but they're they're slaves. And so it's just interesting that people can, they read these these little snippets. They don't dig in. They don't learn what it meant to those people, what the words actually meant. It has been so interesting. I've been reading a lot from Philip B. Payne. He's a New Testament scholar, and he's been looking into the words that people have used to put men in authority over women in marriage and in the church. And if you have not read the Bible versus biblical womanhood, how God's word consistently affirms gender inequality or equality. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, he's, it's affirming equality, not inequality. Sorry. Um, so it's the biblical defense of egalitarianism, uh, which I think is so funny. Egalitarianism and then uh, complementarianism. That is the longest word. It feels like it should be in like a spelling bee contest. So he just goes over how the Holy Spirit gifts all believers for ministry, the oneness of the body of Christ, the church and the priesthood of all believers and humility, service and mutual submission required of all believers. He defends his uh, position with detailed answers to common objections. And th this guy's good. And then I bought his other book. That's like his deep dive. Um, so I just have really loved it and it helps me and my husband just, it works for us. I've been challenged a few times with my emerging beliefs of this because I haven't always, but I, I started questioning, like I just said earlier, like I started questioning, why do I believe that? Well, that's what I've been told. Okay. But do I believe that? Does it feel good to me? Well, no. Does that mean it's wrong? No. Does it mean it's right? No. All right. So let's look into it. And so just because something doesn't feel right to me doesn't mean that it's not meant to make me uncomfortable and grow me as a person. But sometimes that little alarm that Ooh, something's not right is put there for a reason. Um, and the more that I've dived into it and looked at how even <laughs> complementarianism, the people that think that they're comp aren't actually living it out. That's what they found. They found that people are like, yes, the husband's head of the household and I'm to, you know, I, I am a woman and I have these, these roles. Like, you know, I'm still kind of unclear on how I feel about like a woman running a church just because I have had such bad experience with women in charge. Women in any kind of authority, uh, has not been a good thing to me personally. So I know that there are powerful women that could easily run a church well, but I have not met one woman that I'm like, you could totally run a church. <laughs> you could, you could do this. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. I just haven't personally met them. I would love to, because I mean, that'd be awesome. But, um, I just think that I see the way that women's ministries function. Um, I see how, women as a, a group, how they function, especially when they're not held to specific standards, they almost get away with the gossiping and the talking and the slandering each other. They get away with that because they're not held to that kind of standard. They're just women. That's just what they do. So we're just gonna, you know, act like that that's not happening. Um, it's, it's toxic and I don't like it. I don't use that word lightly. Um, but most of the women community church related things I've been a part of have been toxic. Um, it's not been healthy and I've been hurt deeply by these women that are supposed to be growing you closer to Christ. It, and if you believe something different than what they believe in, it pushes you away, which is not what God calls you to do. Just because someone questions what you believe 
that unless you feel targeted or like can't think of the word I want to use see the way that I used to take it when I was younger and sometimes even that my flesh will fight against if someone questions something they're telling me I'm wrong and that makes me feel insecure and so I will defend myself but why why are we defending ourselves with things that work for us that are not sinful are not against God are not threatening our Christian life and the people around us me believing that my husband and I are on the same team and we're held to the same standard is not going to hurt my children or hurt people in the church but with the current church that I attend it is to them I can't volunteer and serve in the church if I don't believe what they believe you have to sign a paper to be in alignment with that church and the idea sounds nice but what it does is it takes away your ability to question which is very dangerous if you I do believe that you should have a standard to what you believe makes a Christian right like how you get to heaven those are important because one of the biggest the commission was to make disciples you're supposed to save people how do you save them well, I don't save them. Christ saves them. So I need to be able to voice that and tell people how Christ is going to save them. There's obvious, like, you have to believe in certain things to get your butt into heaven. Um, and I really believe that the lukewarm people that the Bible talks about are the people that have accepted Christ and that's it. They don't push their knowledge past baby stuff. They, they don't question what they believe to reaffirm their beliefs. Uh, I question to make sure I believe what I believe. I want to make sure I'm sure of what I believe. And I saw a meme the other day that has the three Spider-Man pointing at each other going, oh my gosh, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And it was talking about <laughs> us all in heaven pointing at each other like, wait, you know, all the secondary issues that we dis disagreed on. <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so it's like, I know that I might be wrong. And it is not my right as a Christian or as a leader. I can't tell you what you believe is wrong unless you're straight up saying like Christ wasn't a human. He was like this alien from outer space and he like came down and like the Bible's pretty clear on how you you're saved. The language is all pretty consistent and it means what it means. When you get into the murkier waters of like headship, and what that means and head of the household is not even in the word kefele uh, is not a word of authority and, and you know it's just those kinds of things those don't make you a christian those make you a type of christian you can fall into tons of different you know camps there but it doesn't make you a christian and this definitely went off on a different rant than i thought it was going to but when you are told that prayer is what's going to fix it prayer is so important it keeps us in line with what God wants, open communication with our father, talking with him constantly, just like with your husband and your kids and your friends, and then his will will come through. And sometimes while you're praying, it's kind of like talking out loud. You'll hear what you're asking and go, oh my gosh, this is totally not what God wants for my life. What am I talking about? And I can't be the only one that has thought about the prayers that I've prayed as a young Christian and thought, thank you, lord for not answering that prayer oh my gosh i'd be a just in a hot mess right now i feel like we should be fostering a a place that's safe to question because when you know that you know you can fight for that but if you feel like you can't think for yourself 
then you're just believing what you're fed. And that's not what we're called to do. That's a baby. And the Bible even says that we will eventually be able to feed ourselves. But if you're not questioning, how are you feeding yourself? If you don't take that fork and give it to your toddler to make a mess to figure it out, I don't know. If you're a parent, I have three kids. They're currently seven, five, and three. And I remember when they were getting to the point where it's, you know, mommy, me do it. I do it. And they would take the spoon and just make a hot mess <laughs> with their food. And it was so frustrating because I had to pick it up, right? And I just feel like that's God as you get bigger as a, as a kid. Or it could even, you could even say that the parent figure is the pastor or your, your mentor, right? They give you the spoon or the fork and they let you dive into your food. You make a mess, you get it everywhere. Some of it gets in your mouth and then they kind of clean up the mess and they make sure that you're still being fed. And then they try again next time and you get better and better and better and better at weeding through and getting it into your mouth. You learning how to take in the information and process it yourself. At first it's gonna be messy and they just have to like, they're just there to make sure that you're you're still learning. They're not like uh, trying to, you know, at first you do the airplane and then you just let them do it. At first they were giving you all the solids and then they just release you to do it yourself. And then eventually you start making your own food and feeding yourself. And even then my kids are getting to the age where they make their own food and good Lord. <laughs> Why is there peanut butter everywhere? Is there even peanut butter on your piece of toast? And then they get better at that too. So not only do you learn to feed yourself, you learn to look for things to make and you learn things, what's harmful and what's healthy. I just feel like that is not encouraged in the church today. They feel like they have to bottle feed you everything. And if you are refusing that bottle and you wanna do it yourself, that is like, you're not standing for what they stand for. You shouldn't be threatened. If what you believe is what you believe, then there's no, you shouldn't be threatened. If you feel threatened, then you clearly don't really stand by what you are saying. Like, I don't like mushrooms. I won't eat them. If someone's like, well, why won't you eat them? That's weird. Do you know how many like benefits there are? Okay, cool. Then you can have my mushrooms if you want to, you know, like that's fine. At one point I, I still don't like bacon because it's super greasy. I've just never been a fan of it. Please don't you know, you probably clicked off. I said, I don't like bacon. Well, it's nice to meet you. I hope you have a great day. <laughs> um, the amount of crap that I would get for not liking bacon was ridiculous. But what they didn't realize is I would give them my bacon. So they got extra bacon. Why was me not eating bacon hurting them? <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't. They just have this, how could you not like bacon? Like, what is wrong with you? I just don't like bacon. I'm sure there's something that you don't like that I'd be like, what? What the heck? I don't know where I was going with that. Hopefully that uh, tied in with what I was saying. Uh, it was like confidence in what you believe. And then I was talking about bacon. As you see, we will get better. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that you learned something today. I'm really happy that you guys are here. I really appreciate it. This was the first one. I am going to try to shoot for 30 minute episodes. Um, I'm going to be recording a ton, a ton, meaning like seven to 10 and I'm gonna release them weekly. So I'd like to get two months under my belt. Eventually, I would love to have people come on and just chat with me. My husband's gonna be on here. I have a few people I'll reach out to when I feel more confident in my podcast abilities. But I did do live streaming on Twitch when I was a video gaming live streamer. Um, so I do have some experience with that kind of stuff. I've just never blogged. Uh, so I, I, have, I know how to edit and everything like that, but not professionally. Like my edits were getting clips from my stream and posting them to YouTube. Like that, that was my extent and editing videos to put up. So it wasn't like 
professional. It was very amateur based. So if you have any skills in that, and I don't have a ton of money to put out yet because I'm not making any money from this yet. Um, but I would love to eventually have a full-time editor that I can just talk into this mic, give it to them, and they make it sound awesome uh, and laugh through all of my fumbling over words and all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can join us at Facebook at Biblical Healthy Strong. We have a page and then we have a women only group. Uh, we go through books and different things like that. I haven't been as active on there as I should because I've been trying to figure out my blogging schedule and I've been working with Pinterest and Facebook. Those are the two that I've chosen as social media outlets. So I've been trying to figure out pins and if I should take my website to a different host site than on WordPress. So if you know anything about that, just if you know anything <laughs> about social media, just yeah, because like I said, I, I've dealt with social media. Uh, I started streaming in 2013, end of 2013. Got really popular because I was one of the few female streamers on Twitch in the mid 2014s or the 2010s. And then I started having kids, so <laughs> uh, it was harder to stream. So I have a little bit of experience. The language isn't completely new to me if I just have some pointers. But yeah, otherwise, this is going to be real and raw for a while. And uh, yeah, I don't really mind that it's raw because that's just kind of how I am. But I hope that this has helped you in some way. The blog again is biblicalhealthystrong.com. I did buy a domain on WordPress, so that's easy to find. I try to put the same picture and stuff on all of the social media. So if you see my face, then you know that that is where you can be. And just remember that one of the things that I loved about when I was looking over this praying harder thing is the way that they word it makes it sound like a witch summoning potion. Like if you say the right words and you do the right things, you're going to like manifest this power to make God change this person. Literally witchcraft is all about controlling people with words and herbs and spells and things like that. That's not how God works. <laughs> so just being careful when we're talking about it, pray yes, but let's be active. If someone has come to you and says, my husband's addicted to porn and it's ruining our marriage, don't tell them to just pray harder and know that everything you do is to the Lord, not to your husband. And no, if he's abusing you, get out. You can separate. Doesn't mean you have to terminate the marriage, but you need to get some space. Because like I said, when you're living in it, it is so hard to see all the things that they're doing to you. When you get out and you get that fresh air, you can see everything. And then you you begin to heal and then you can put up your healthy boundaries. Gosh, it's so important. When I look back now, I wish I could rescue my younger self. We could have been better. Now, my husband and I are still together. He is a completely different Lance than he was when we first got married. And we literally, the way that I think about it in my brain is old Lance or sex addicted Lance and Lance now, like God filled Lance. A person can change. And I always think of it like Saul and Paul. Like Saul was killing Christians and murdering them and doing horrible things in the name of, you know, his Sadducee, not Sadducee, Sanhedrin 
Like that's how he was raised, right? And so he thought he was doing right. My husband thought he was doing the right thing, telling me I needed to sit more, submit more and that he needed sex every 72 hours and that I needed to do that. Otherwise it was pushing him to go look at porn and he was raised that way. So he honestly thought that was the way it was. The more that we grew and learned and I put boundaries down and I went through pure desire and he went through seven pillars, that was deconstructed. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was a horrible person. I don't ever want to be that person again. And he kind of like is now Paul, where he has been just destroyed by his actions and wants to do better. It is possible, but it's not from the stories that I've seen. A lot of people are talking about their ex or uh, they're not. They're still separated. So I'm thankful that our, our family unit was he changed his heart and I've even changed my heart. We both had things to do, but he chose to not be that person anymore. And he didn't victim blame. And um, for a while, he did. And he made me feel like it was my fault, even after the affair. And now he can talk about it and knows that that's just part of his story. It is refreshing. It really is refreshing. I am so thankful that he allowed God to speak to him and change his heart. We are on our healing journey, and it's amazing. A lot of the things that I talk about are uh, sex addiction and recovery, I think is a good way to put it. So I align a lot with Pure Desire. I love what they teach and how they go through things and how they, they change their curriculum as they learn and they do better. So I really appreciate that because we all have made mistakes. It is hard to be like, yo, I screwed up and I'm sorry, let's do better. That takes a lot because we're human. We're going to mess up. You have to do better. I really appreciate you guys being here and I hope that you've learned something. I would love to hear what you thought and hear about topics that you're interested in. So drop them in the comments and I'll see you all in the next video. Remember, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's true. Don't stop asking questions and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.